All right, so um, I've, uh, this episode's going to be really dark. One, because we're doing um, the Saddam reading later on. That's dark. and then It's also just dark a lot of, because it's so fucking boring. Yeah. And a lot of dark things are just happening uh, domestically right now. Um, yeah. And I just want to start off by... I wish that when you said domestically, you meant like in your house or like in your room. No, no, no. I mean, I just mean in, within the U.S. Uh, things are pretty dark uh, and gloomy. Uh, and I just want to start off by saying something that that was just, it's just interesting. Remember I told you there's that court in my neighborhood where there's those two signs that went up, the Biden signs? Are they dead? No, no. Um, it's interesting because... The one went up. I actually delivered that sign because I saw on the package it was like from the Joe Biden campaign. I was like, oh yeah, okay. Have um, you seen the thing that- where? Have you seen the thing where like if you buy the official signs from the two like the two campaigns? I don't know the exact number, but it's something like a Biden sign is like thirty bucks, and then a Trump sign is like fifteen bucks. Oh really? Yeah, there's like a huh. vast difference in price that makes it way oh, more you know affordable why? to get a Trump sign. Yeah, because Trump signs are made in fucking China. <laughs> Yeah, but still, it's just Straight like a, it's just like a funny, disparaging thought about like the prevalency of like the Trump signs is the fact that like they're way cheaper, they're way more yeah. accessible. But but also the Biden signs are really good quality compared to Trump signs. Trump signs are like that weird plasticky thing, mm-hmm. and the Biden signs are fucking legit. Now, so that one went up, and re- mind you, speaking like the neighborhood I deliver at is pretty like upper middle class you know so I, I was just surprised by that one right and then another one went up but you were surprised right that an upper middle class uh, neighborhood had biden signs just this neighborhood in general they seem like it just seems like a more conservative neighborhood okay. i don't know how to really explain it um and also i see the mail being delivered and i see a lot of trump mailings going through but then i realized that i've also seen Biden mailings, so going to the same houses. So I thought it was like these people were subscribed to certain things, and that that's why they're getting them. But I think the campaigns are just trying to get it to everyone. So now I'm like confused. But anyway, another sign went up next door, next door to them, right next door. I go in today, and the I'm not joking you, the entire court and its twelve houses have Biden signs on the front yard. The entire court. I wonder if that's like a thing that they all did, or if it's like the one dude who's like, guys, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm gonna buy the sign. Do you care if I put it in your front lawn, Susie? And she's like, I don't care. Don't interrupt my Xanax and wine nap, please. <laughs> right, that's an interesting point. However, I would say a lot of them are different than each other. It's not like they're all the same signs. They're like, they're all Biden signs, but one says like Biden Harris, and like they're, they're different designs, uh, a lot of them. Some of them are the same, but like, um, I guess the guy could have just ordered, like, ver- like done the various... I feel like... Things. So, I don't know how secluded this area is, but I feel like that's sort of telling, right? So, like, Homeboy was maybe, like, really reluctant to put up his Biden sign because, like, it's... you. I mean, you, you work in Trump country, and so, mm-hmm. you know, Homeboy went out on a limb and, and took it out. I'm going to, like, romanticize this. And then once, like, no one kicked it down or, like, burned his house down then like someone else did and then they're all like peering through their drapes being like guys roger and connor both have biden signs up it's cool 
it's time. It's okay. And then they all just like yeah. come out of their like garages like in unison and like, you know, put it up and then like salute each other or whatever Lib to do. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was very interesting just because like it would start out as the first two and then literally over the weekend I come in all every single house. So yeah, it might be like a thing because no, none of the other courts really have a thing going on. I mean, there's a couple other Biden signs, but mm-hmm. no like organized efforts. Right. You know what there isn't though? There's no Trump signs. Okay. Although so I know there's Trump people. Yeah, I definitely know there's Trump people. Oh, uh, definitely in my in these neighborhoods, but there's no Trump signs yet. So I've noticed that sort of too. Like I've been really, really, really busy um, this past like week, really, and I have I've noticed I've been thinking about it. One, I've been seeing more lawn jockeys. That's a whole thing. But mm. also, I've I've been seeing a shit ton of Biden signs. I used to yeah. never really see them, and I go to you know pretty much the same areas consistently. I've been seeing a lot of Biden signs, but most of them are houses that finally took down their Bernie signs, and now they're putting up a Biden sign. But I also noticed most of these places that have like new Biden shit in their yard, it's also accompanied by a, a Black Lives Matter thing as well. I very yeah, or rarely the, or the speak up, just the speak up, speak out. Oh yeah, that thing where it's like thing. the seventeen lines where it's like hate has no home here, love There's is that real. One too, yeah. But I, I but it's in, I always see them in conjunction. I see very few just solo Biden material. It's always Biden plus the like the other thing too. Right, right. Um, and I haven't seen any new Trump stuff. I haven't seen any new noticeable Trump stuff. Right. Um, uh, another thing with that is that somebody there. I saw I read I was reading an article how. Some some people in the or in Nevada, they have a, a really strong Biden sign that's Republicans for Biden, and they're getting stolen. God, someone is stealing them from. I would. From people. Um, and uh, also, uh, a lot of Trump flags are getting burnt, and a lot of people are saying in their things on Instagram. If anybody asks, I bought this Trump flag to burn it. I didn't steal it or anything. Obviously, being like, yeah. So, uh, and I've seen, uh, on not in the neighborhood I was talking about because I, I haven't really seen any Trump stuff, but on the rural part of my route where it's like actually, like out there, um, the all the like there was one. In, there's a couple instances where I've seen Trump stuff out in the front yard, and then now they're gone, and I don't think they changed their. I don't think they changed their decision. I think people are just jacking them. <laughs> oh, 100%. I've been seeing a lot of stuff online where it's like people burning, like stealing like Blue Lives Matter flags or like Trump signs out of people's yards and shit. Yeah. But I've also awesome. seen like in person where there will be like, because there's a lot of like really weird like Trump like MAGA stickers that like pop up like in my general neighborhood. Mm-hmm. They just like end up on like stop signs and shit. But they only yeah. last about four days. Yeah, because before someone fucking peels them off. Oh no, they just all get like crossed over. It's like fuck you, fashion. Like it, or like they'll get stuck over by like some other like different stickers and shit. But like, it's been interesting yeah. seeing a lot of like the Trump visual propaganda sort of not be as hot. I saw an interesting one the other day on a stop sign. You know what it said? What it said? Where the Bolsheviks? <laughs> podcast makes me realize how much I don't fucking know.
Talking about how he's going to put a boot in your ass because it's the American way. That was fun. That was tight. I will. I'm going to be, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm in this, man. I'm in it to win. Historical trolling is the funniest shit. Oh, never going to have sex again. All right. We're done. I'm ending it. I'm ending it. We're done. We're done. We're done. Nice. Um, all right. So let's get into it, shall we? Um, so on Friday, someone very dear to me, I really like her. Um, apparently I'm going to be very friendly to the libs this episode on my end, just for, for a lot of reasons. Um, our, 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 our babe, Ruth Bader Ginsburg has passed away because some, whoever's job it was, uh, to make sure they inject liquid kale into her body every day. I guess they took the day off. I, uh, I really hope that what also it was on Rosh Hashanah, which is fucking crazy that she that she died yeah. on Rosh Hashanah. But um, it I really think what it was is that her VCR finally ate her like Jane Fonda, like sweating to the oldies tape or whatever her jazzer size, you know, instructional <laughs> tape yes. is. And then she wasn't able to get her like 375 gyrations in and then her body just like shut down. Yeah, because it needs those to power up. I mean, at the, I mean, yeah. at that point, she's basically the younger brother from Full Metal Alchemist, and she's like holding on by a thread at all times. She is yeah. just like nothing but, like it, it's it's very uh, uh similar to our boy um uh fucking uh Robert Lincoln or whatever the fucking or, oh yes yeah yeah the Lich King where this was his mm-hmm. like Lich bride like she she lived for so long. Yeah, she did. She did a good job. Uh, I'm surprised she held out as long as she did. Uh, it's fucked I have, up that she was on as long as she was. Yes, it is. She should have retired uh, when when Obama was, mm-hmm. you know, still president. Yes, um, she should have. She should have. I I've seen a lot of weird. This is what bothers me about these fucking. Just she was she was fine. She's great. And I really loved reading her descents. I thought her descents were amazing to read. Her descents are like, she's just such a good writer. She could have been like an amazing writer because I don't know if you've ever read her descents. They're really powerful. I've uh, only I've I, only read like snippets or like excerpts from her stuff because I just kind of, I don't like that we have a Supreme Court. Like I don't like the Supreme Court, so I don't get too bogged down with it and like a lot of yeah, the but shit, it's, but... Yeah, I, I have in, read I have read some of her her stuff like select passages, and she is a very good writer. Right now, the reason why like this is the system we have to work with right now, the Supreme Court within that is very important. It's extremely important. It's probably the most important thing that we have to to that really keeps everything sane. Or that that's supposed to keep everything sane. And right now, I mean, it's been under attack. Uh, and I don't think that the Supreme Court really keeps things sane, though. What What I mean is, it's like the last resort before things, uh, you know, with with a really far right Supreme Court. It doesn't matter if you have a trifecta going on uh, with the Senate, with the House, and and presidency. Anything you pass, someone could just sue based off of it's not constitutional. Goes to the Supreme Court, and the right just. Uh, fucking destroys it so uh and it's supposed to be integral and the right has been electing nominees who are not 
they're, integral. They're hyper, and by integral, hyper I mean partisan. It's become another right. political. Uh, it's become it another is. political avenue. It's not supposed to. Uh, the Supreme Court is is basically yes. Sent for the last twenty years has become way more political. Where it used to be, people would would elect the Supreme Court. It was it was it was like a very it was something that everyone could get behind. They could work together to uh, put people on who just. It wasn't by party. You couldn't say this is a conservative justice or this is a liberal justice. It just became that within the last 20 years. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's just what I mean is that it's like it's the last. They are really important because that when when a law becomes unconstitutional based off the Supreme Court, it's basically solidified. It's not like you can just rewrite another law uh, that you know, I mean, once they decide that, it's pretty much set in stone for a while. And that's why I don't uh, like the Supreme Court because we don't have any say in who sits on the Supreme Court. You could argue that yes. we do in the sense that the president nominates them. So by winning the presidency based on the vote, then you know, like you can make those like caveats. And also, it's fucking ridiculous that they have a life like a lifelong appointment. That's the thing. Those are the two. They should at least have term limits, right? 100%. I mean, I don't even think that the Supreme Court should really exist at all. But those are the the, the two main things that should be red flags for anyone who wants to pretend that there is any sort of electoral democracy in this country. It's the fact that the Supreme Court overrides literally everything or has the right to override anything. We have no say in who the fuck they are. And they can just stay on for their entire lives. Right. Now, for the rest of the episode, let's just realize that this is a system what we have. You don't have to keep saying, you know, I wish we don't. You know what I mean? Like, it. that's what I kind get you. of... I get you. I get you. You know what I mean? Like, this is what we have to work with. And that's why I kind of, like, going forward when we talk about what's happening now uh, with after her death is really infuriating because this is what we have to work with. And it is very dangerous because there's a lot of things at stake here, right? Roe v. Wade could be overturned. Uh, anything that has to do with labor, especially, is out the window. No, oh, it's bye-bye. all fucked. It's all fucked. All the religious shit that comes out. To, I mean, it is messed up. So, um, so this all comes with the reason why there's it's so dramatic is because in 2016, uh, Antonin Scalia passed away and um, uh, passed away. How long was it? It was um, where the fuck is it? Uh, 269 days before the 2016 election, Antonin Scalia died. Uh, and the Republican Senate blocked the Obama Supreme Court nominee, Merrick Garland, on the basis of the Biden rule. Do you, do you know the Biden rule? It's very ironic uh, because Joe Biden's running for president now. And this whole precedent of uh, nominating a Supreme Court justice this close to an election is kind of seen as taboo you shouldn't fucking do but it wasn't that a part of it too is that when they made the decision to block merrick garland like part of it was they they put in the caveat of how they did not want this to set precedent they did not want this to be the thing going forward um that was a little like asterisk at the end of them shooting down obama was like we don't want this to be a thing going forward this is what we're going to do right now right well no they they brought up the biden rule because they were they wanted to show the hypocrisy of the democrats right because the democrats were kind of stating uh this whole thing with them and it's just uh, so the biden rule refers to a speech given by joe biden in 1992 in which he argued that bush senior should wait until after the election to appoint a replacement or at least appoint 
a moderate acceptable to the Democratic Senate at the time. Um, and so, yeah, the, the when um, when Obama tried, the thing is the the time, right? 269 days. That's a long time before an election. You could definitely. I mean, that's what, say, what was that fucking February or some shit? Yeah, I mean, plenty of time. I mean, Obama should have got at least Merrick Garland should have had a vote uh, to be on there. He didn't even get a fucking vote. OK. Um, and it's such disgusting hypocrisy uh, that they uh, that they did that. Uh, now, RBG dies 45 days before the election and literally minutes after it was announced that she had passed away. Mitch McConnell that fucking douchebag and um and trump announced that they're going to rush uh someone through and i guess um trump's trump's whole thing in remembrance of rbg is that he's going to elect a woman which is Mm -hmm. okay um what i'm surprised about is you know what i've seen i've seen all the flags at half staff even at the mcdonald's where i'm at the fucking flag is at half staff i thought that was pretty cool Uh, but usually trump uh, gives people shit for putting things at half, uh, putting flags at half staff for his enemies. You know, um, even McCain, he was like, "Why are the flags at half staff?" Whining I've like never heard it be half staff. I've always heard it at half mast. At this point, you know, I'm not even sure about my English language. Um, I think it's half staff. It might be half mast. Andrew, Whatever. is it half staff or half mast? Half mast is a British Englishism. You fucking turncoat piece of shit. That's a staff, right? The little pole. You could you could argue. That's I got a staff, a staff for you. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. Now they're definitely here's Mitch McConnell's problem. Right? He can rush a vote before the election, and be and if he really wanted to be fucking shitty, he could wait. And even if Biden is elected, even if the even if the Democrats take back the Senate, there's a lame duck session where Mitch McConnell could still have a vote and vote in this nom- Trump's nominee in a lame duck session where Biden wins and the Dems take back the Senate. That would be the hellish demon last stand thing that Mitch McConnell could do before he becomes the minority Senate. Uh, Senate Minority Leader. So this is what I don't understand with this potential strategy of rushing in this new Supreme Court justice. And what, the two top runners, the one is that blonde, like, hyper-Catholic woman? You were going to talk about her. Okay, so you're going to bring that up. Okay, so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll wait on that. But what I don't understand, like, from a strategy standpoint, why the fuck would Trump and his people not say, hey, look, we're going to wait until after the election and if i win i will put in a conservative justice which will then prompt all these people whose entire platform will now be the supreme court as is at stake that would get him so many fucking votes and so many people who are on this alleged fence that i've never seen who really don't know what to do if he could be like if you get me in i guarantee that i will put in like the most conservative like crazy even like whatever the fuck mm-hmm. that would be such a you good strategy run. oh yeah for sure but um, then it wouldn't even matter but, because if he loses he can still just do it in the lame duck anyway and just exactly. fuck you guys and get Ex- out like i don't exactly. know why he's I've, busting his load prematurely yes you know what it is the 
they probably just didn't think about like it was literally minutes after she was announced that they fucking oh made no this it was statement. completely so maybe was, they didn't it even was fucking, wild it was wild how yeah. quick they were to jump on that shit um th- i mean there has to be a reason right because that's so obvious and you can rabble rouse the fucking evangelical here's the thing though whoever is gonna you can argue that the that you can't really route anyone who's like really pro that was going to vote for him anyway. And there's not really anyone left to rouse up, rouse up and enthusi and make, make them enthusiastic to go for Trump. Because I don't think that that's accurate at all. I think that there are definitely people who are on this proverbial fence still or whatever. And I think that if you were to give them like a decent argument saying like, look, the Supreme court is now at stake. You understand the Supreme Court is important, and we need Trump to win again in order to make sure there is another conservative justice, because if not, then you know the libs will get one. And I think that that really right. will sway people who think that they're in tune with American politics who are on the, the right of the American spectrum. Yes, uh, you're right, and that is a, that's probably the best strategy of all. Because now Mitch McConnell has an issue, because let's say they do this. And by the way, Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins uh, have already said that they're not going to mm-hmm. uh, vote for the person. They need two more. But Mitt Romney uh, said that he would. Mitt Romney said that he would, which I'm surprised about. Lisa Murkowski has, say what you will about her as a person or whatever, she's definitely been the most integral Senate, Democrat or Republican senator. Uh, she's been the most integral throughout her career, just being like uh, all about whatever she thinks is. She's got the some right balls. She definitely isn't there to make friends. I don't know enough about her to like really ride or die with her, but like she seems I mean, her like policies she, or whatever. But she she's, seems like uh, she's pretty real. Like you know who the fuck yeah. she is. Yeah, um, Susan Collins, I would argue, tries to be that, but fucking is just shitty at it. You know, being like, oh, I'm, I don't know, I might vote for Kevin, I might not. I, I don't think I can, but we'll see. Like, just, you know, pussyfooting around it. Uh, whereas Lisa Murkowski is just straight up, like, she knows, she she at least has principle. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, so Mitch McConnell, he risks the, because there's two situations here. You either put it through before the election, or you wait until the lame duck. Now, the Dems, he he risks making the Dems extremely enthusiastic, and we see this already with the record numbers of donations to to the Democrats. Oh yeah, ninety five million dollars over the weekend. Over right? the weekend, it's crazy. Um, so I mean, this is this could be RBG's last stand by dying and really making uh, people on the other side, really enthusiastic and really needing to come out. But wait, you did, know? You, did you, speaking of her last stand, which I wish was as cool, uh, it, like, <laughs> it, it sounds way cooler than what it was, but she, did you see her, like, deathbed note or her, like, last wish or whatever the fuck where she was like, mm-hmm. I hope that they wait until election day to, like, replace me? And yes. then fucking Trump came out and was like, I don't know, seems fake. What if fucking Pencil Neck Shift did this stuff? Who knows? Maybe it's real. Maybe it's not. Let's see. Yeah. Like, what a it's- fucking dude. Like, it. that's such a dick move, but also it is so, like, hilariously, like, on brand with him to be like, I don't know. Is it real? Is it not real? Who knows? We'll see. Will I do it? I don't know. Let's find out. Like, 
It would have been better for him to just be like, fuck that, we're not doing that, you know? But instead he has to like yeah. make it a fucking conspiracy. But he could have turned he could okay. Another thing that he could have done, he could have because there so say what you will about like his opponents who have died. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is the most high profile of someone who potentially would be one of his opponents who has died, right? She might be right. like the most like beloved in the country of someone who I'm saying air quotes opposed Trump because I don't really know that she did that much, honestly. She doesn't say she doesn't. Well, that's what she I'm saying is like if you want to yeah. pretend that like the Supreme Court isn't you know political, then she can't oppose the president, but then she gets lumped into that because she's quote progressive and also she's like a woman, whatever. Her her rulings obviously show that she would be against it. Yeah, but but still, I don't think that it's really fair to say that she was like this anti-Trump justice. I I think that that's a little ridiculous. But regardless, it would have been so fucking good for him. Such good optics. Like honestly, Trump campaign. If you're listening, hire me. I got you. I want your mm-hmm. money. Because I want to donate it all to fucking like you know gay Jewish gun clubs and shit. But like, right? It but like if he would have said, look, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was this amazing American politician. She was a you know a big part of our system. I am going to respect her wishes and wait until after the election to announce my nominee and to put that stuff through. Number one, that makes him not look like an asshole, which is arguably his biggest like downfall with his public image is the fact that everyone knows that he's a prick. So if he does one thing where he's remotely nice, that shit will carry him for 10 fucking years. If he didn't at least until the election, but I'm just saying if he did one nice thing, like nice in air quotes, like everyone who is remotely pro Trump will no longer have to sift through code and like interpret things every which way and bend everything to make it look like he's not an asshole and just literally be like, look, he did this thing. He's like a good politician. And then also like he doesn't have to abide by talking about though. I understand that. (laughs) I I know exactly who I'm talking about. I'm just saying like, it just blows my mind because the Republicans and the GOP or whatever you want to fucking call them, the Trump campaign has so many just underhand, like softballed, like just fucking lobbed in there ways for them to just not look like the biggest pieces of shit that American politics has produced in the last 150 years. And they just fucking strike out every single time. They can't like every time, this shit yeah. is just being spoon fed to them. It would be so easy for him to just play ball in air quotes, at least like public facing wise. And it, it's just it just blows my mind. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, now let's talk about what can the Democrats do, if anything? What are their options right now, right? Assassins. So, <laughs> I've heard a couple things. This one I don't really understand. It was asked of Nancy Pelosi um, if uh, basically f- if she would flood the proceedings uh, with impeachment inquiries against Trump and Barr. And this happened and then she glitched out i don't know if you saw that i i heard that something happened and she she just said that like was like oh good morning i don't know she she might have got something she might have misheard something no i really like i heard that shit and it really it's like she legit said some shit where she was like yeah we have like a bat like we have like a plan like we have like stuff in the works Oh yeah, the arrows. And, and then the, we have our arrows. And, yeah, and then the dude was like, "What the fuck does that mean?" And then she just tried to be slick and change the conversation. And be like, uh-huh, "Yeah, no, my favorite show is, uh, you know, Teen Titans Go." Like, yeah, you know, I just think that she isn't like charismatic enough to really like make that like about face transition. 
Yeah. But it seemed pretty obvious that people were just blowing that out of proportion because she was just trying to like change the subject because she doesn't want to give a. I guess now I in her career is when she went on memes about that. Oh, I'll be on the fucking lookout. Trust me. There you go. Um, but I, 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 I feel like it's weird that this was when she decided to sort of play the cards close to the chest and like really get deep into her poker game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Exactly. And it's because they really have. I mean, this is something that if the Democrats fail it, at least it's not. It's not doing if. exactly what they can. We're talking huh? about the Democrats. It's not if they fail. It's when they will fuck when it they all fail. up. But uh, this the, the, is something. The, so the Democrats are literally Jerry or Gary or Terry or Larry mm-hmm. or whatever his name is during that season of Parks and Rec. The Democrats are literally the ones who just walk in and then they like trip oh. over the trash can and like fart. <laughs> yes. Like it's very yep. much like that is who mm-hmm. they are. I think it's Larry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, for sure. But they have to do something. This is the and you could see how serious it is. You know, I mean, because the base is riled up, right? They really want them to at least try everything they have that they can. And flood proceedings with impeachment inquiries, I mean, Mitch McConnell could just decide not to even deal with that right now. I mean, I don't understand why that's even, like, the question, because they can always just filibuster anything. Like, you can still filibuster fucking everything. Yeah, uh, no, you can't filibuster, you, you can't filibuster the, uh, the court anymore and you know why because republicans were doing that to obama when he first got elected and the and the democrats took the filibuster away mm. from the court proceedings i thought you could still filibuster that shit no that's why that's why trump's been able to just f- like fill the courts with all his nominees because he took away the filibuster and that's why because the democrats fucked up i mean they did this without thinking about the future and how it could be used against them at some point you know what i mean um, so they can't do that. You know what they can do? They, they can fucking smoke weed because it's weed time. Hell yeah. Now, um, so I don't, I don't think that's going to work. Now, here's the thing uh, that everyone's talking about now. I've been saying for years now um, that if Biden wins and for him to do this, he'd also have to win the Senate, which is looking fairly like a possibility we'll see i'm not i don't want to get i don't want to you know get super get super worked up about this this blue wave because we live past 2016 exactly you know but uh if he does what he has is he could stack the court you know what that means yeah i know what that means i don't know it doesn't really i mean he could he could uh raise the number of judges that sit on the Supreme Court and obviously put on whoever he fucking wants. Uh, this has been done a number of times. I mean, there, there was a time when there was only like uh, three Supreme Court justices and then five. And then, you know, um, now it's nine. Now he could just add on. I something. don't, I think he I should. don't that think is, that he'll do that. Uh, he, he said he hasn't taken it off the table. I think Kamala I, Harris I don't think would he do should, it. I think Kamala I Harris think, would do it if she got... Here's the thing. I think he would do it, but I don't think he should talk about doing it because that'll you that could be used to really rile up the other side. I mean, everybody's they need to put on their poker face as as you say right now at this moment. He should they should do this if if 
if this happens. Okay, so... But they shouldn't talk about it. My question, and I don't know if this is something that you can answer, um, how do you go about changing the number of Supreme Court justices? It's a congressional thing. You could just do it through Congress. It's, okay. it's not even an amendment. So that has nothing to do with like the lower court judges and stuff, the people who Trump has been stacking with fucking conservatives for the past four years? Yeah, it has nothing to do with that. Because that's the shit uh, that scares me the most about anything is the fact that all of these lower court judges that he's been like endorsing and putting through are all fucking conservatives now. Right. No, yeah, the Court of Appeals and things like that, that is scary. Uh, but let's say he does this and appoints the Supreme Court judges on there. Now you have a situation when someone sues that law, hopefully those judges are already on there. And when it gets to the Supreme Court, it doesn't matter because there'll be, they'll, they'll be at least two judges who are going to say, well, if I fucking... If I fucking affirm this, that gonna be that means my job is in jeopardy because I was the one who was just appointed to this new Supreme Court. I don't know how it would work. Um, it'd be kind of awkward, uh, to say the least. But it's definitely an option. Democrats need to play dirty, and this is the best way to do it. Um, also, people forget. Oh, by the way, the that's because the Constitution says there needs to be a Supreme Court, but it doesn't say the number. So that's why it's a congressional thing. Congress could just do whatever the fuck they want with it. Um, another thing people don't realize is that Supreme Court judges can be impeached. So I say, if Biden wins and also the Senate... What, try and get fucking who, Kavanaugh out? Well, he, you could do that, but it, it's too much time has passed for that to be really effective. I would say, just be like, no, this uh, they should have waited. And I would say, actually, Gorsuch, Gorsuch and this new appointee should be impeached because Gorsuch was illegitimate because Merrick Garland should be sitting on the Supreme Court. Um, and then then this new one, they should have waited. So, like, uh, yeah, I would just impeach them or try to impeach them. Uh, so, yeah, people forget that. It's not it's a lifetime of thing, but you can definitely be impeached. Um, so yeah, I guess those are the only fucking things that I can think of that they can really do to stop this from happening. And a lot of it is not stopping it. It's like trying to go back and, you know what I mean? It's like Avengers, Infinity War. Well, that's the, that's the thing that like, I, that's why I don't think that this shit's going to work because like what you're, the only thing that you're describing is like, if Biden gets in, he's just going to be completely reactionary to like undoing Mm -hmm. trump and like getting back at trump and then like the democrats will lose this self-imposed like moral high ground that they've given themselves where like they're literally just doing the same thing that the trump administration did but they're saying they're doing like in the name of justice or something like you can just not ever going to work no and i think you could argue that point for a lot of things not the court though because the court is everything right like there's such an imbalance now because now they know that no matter what they do, it could just be struck struck down, especially with the the nominees that Trump has appointed are so radical. It's not like we're working with Kennedy or Roberts anymore. Mm. You know, it's like we're working with the worst people. Yeah. I, um, I don't want to hijack it, your shit, but if, if yeah. I definitely have been thinking a lot about the Supreme Court and like what the Republicans can do if they get someone in before the election. 
And I'll bring it up on the next episode because I don't want to hijack your shit. But yeah, the, the Supreme Court has been giving me a lot of anxiety in conjunction with like all these like circuit court judges and like appellate court judges because mm-hmm. that's sure. what Trump and fucking McConnell have been doing. Well, this is why it was so important for these fucking stupid anarchist liberal motherfuckers that are like, yeah, I want to fucking vote, blah, 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 that they, they think it's just about the presidency. It's not. It's a, it's the Supreme court was like the most important thing. All these, all these people that are all about abortion rights don't realize that their protest vote, uh, that they didn't go out and vote for Hillary is the reason why Roe v. Wade now is going to be fucking taken off is because it's not important who's president. It's important who's president for the fact, uh, well, that doesn't make any sense, but you know what I mean? It's, it's important for, to, to have the right person in there to not put on conservative justice but that's what i'm saying that's, that's the scariest what, fucking but thing. that's like the thing that is is a big glaring mistake in the american electoral democratic process is the fact that the most important thing arguably is the supreme court the closest thing we have to a say in that is by helping choose the electors to then elect whoever the fucking president is Correct. in the hopes that the that president will be in power when one of these fucking decrepit old fucks finally croaks and then they'll have someone who has like the same fucking D or R next to their name in secret like put on the court like that's such a terrible way to govern a goddamn country yeah well yeah and at least I mean there has been talks of people running to change it so that they have term limits and things like that, and I think they should. Uh, yeah. But again, this is the system, and, we and, have and to I work understand with, that, and I, and and I get what you're saying, and I I understand the frustration with the protest vote, although it it's again you can do it, but not when it's this like obviously. But you can make an argument at any know. fucking time that it's a very important thing, like not before 20 years ago, it was completely different. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like now to anyone that matters now, like. You can go back and, you know, you can blame fucking well, Ralph Nader for fucking George Bush, or you can blame fucking, you know, people who voted for Bernie for fucking Trump won, or you can blame, you know, whoever the, like, it, it, it you're never going to. that's, un- it's unfortunate, right? Until things change the way we want it to in that way, like, kind of, you know, we are re- relegated right now, or regulated, I don't know, that's another one. Relegated. <laughs> Uh, to this um, to this two party system, you know, and when when is it when is it okay to do the protest vote? I would say when um, when it's not Trump, <laughs> you know, or you you just have to kind of weigh the thing, you know. There's no difference between a Hillary and a fucking George Bush. I would say they're both hawkish, but there is a difference between like a George or there is a difference between like a trump and whoever else you know there you just have to weigh your options and i would argue at that point in 2016 uh i'm sorry not yeah in 2016 that was a big deal and people shouldn't have done the protest vote that's all that's just my personal opinion on it now let's get to real quick the trump's nominee the front runner right now is a woman by the name of uh amy connie bar uh barrett she's like the nightmare a uh, fucking Catholic woman, right? She is, and one thing is, there's nothing worse than a goddamn Catholic. Catholics are the fucking worst. If you're still Catholic after this whole, this this, what we know now about the 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 defending p- 
pedophiles and like and hiding them and like just making it so that they just get transferred to another school where they could just do the same fucking thing. If you're still Catholic, you should fucking kill yourself. <laughs> okay, that that part aside, right? Okay. I love the idea of a Catholic in general because their worldview and their like the rigmarole that they have to go through is so fucking fun because you are living theater class every fucking day. <laughs> you are living in this yeah. weird like fucking magic the gathering meets the wire type situation where there's a million saints and they all have enemies and friends and these backstories you have to f- if you mm-hmm. really wanted to be a good catholic you have a holiday every like fucking four days there's always like yeah. a, the feast of saint whoever catholic mass is so much fun to go to because it's fucking I've never been it is ridiculous it's just like this huge like pomp and circumstance you're in a fucking jane austen novel pretty much at that point like the fucking right. costumes and the pageantry and everything like it is fun like divorced from the real world implications of being a catholic and how that has like ruined countless people's lives like throughout its entire like history it's a very fun thing to like observe through the window and be like look at their funny little hats yeah i would and i also want to reinvigorate that and say um i meant roman catholic if there's another type of catholic that's like moderate or you know just if you're not dealing with these weird priests that's fine but roman catholic if you're still roman catholic after what's what we know now then yeah i reserved the right to have my previous opinion um okay so yeah, so she was nominated to the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals in 2017 under Trump. Um, according to the Independent UK article, in 2012, Barrett told a class at the University of Notre Dame that it is always good to remember that a, quote, legal career is but a means to an end, and that end is building the kingdom of God. Uh, so she's a theocrat, and you know how I fucking feel about theocrats, right? Uh, how can you even be on the Supreme Court defending the Constitution when you are this much of a dogmatic piece of shit? Well, wouldn't that be like in a system that made sense? Wouldn't that in and of itself just be a good enough reason to exclude her from this like oh, potential, you know, job? And Ro- and Rosenstein uh, tried tried to do that. Uh, when she was uh, going through a nomination process, she was the one to bring that up. She basically was like, "You are too insanely religious. Yeah, you are not. Position. You are. You are a one hundred percent biased actor. You have. You are not unbiased because you have. You know, said that it is a me too and based on your religious beliefs. Thus, like, you're not impartial. Yeah, I, Bye. And I don't. I don't know if you remember. Remember, Bernie got in trouble because of a nomination process, basically calling that dude out for being too Christian to be on the court. You yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I remember that. He was like, "You are Christian, yeah, as shit, and that should disqualify you." And everybody was like, "He's so anti-religious." Well, no, it's f- for the job you're going into, which is uh, not. You're supposed to be completely unbiased. I mean, the and- appellate court is the second highest court there is. Yes, exactly. It's Supreme Court, Appellate Court, and then Circuit Court, and then under that's a District Court. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I should know. I well, go into these fucking buildings every day. No, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's there... District, because District is, like, low-level shit for the most part. Well, what's the dis- District Court of P- 
appeals. Is that just appeals court uh, then? Appeals is always higher than everything else. Right, so whatever the you, fucking you said there's a district court. Isn't there just a district court of appeals? Is that just one up? No, there's just the there's just or? a court of appeals. Okay. So there's the district court, and then above that is the circuit court. Mm-hmm. And then if any of that shit gets challenged, it gets heard by the Court of Appeals. Appellate. And then there's also the Court of Special Appeals. So there's two different appellate bodies. Hmm. There's appeals and there's special appeals. They're completely different things. I get. I mean, I deal with both of them. They're different. They're on different floors of the building. And then above that is the Supreme Court. Yeah. Because if you ever challenge something, I think that maybe like special appeals deals with district and appeals deals with circuit. I don't fucking know. I'm sure that like someone's screaming right now because I don't know what the fuck it is, but ah, yeah, I'll, I, I, um, I will ask the clerk on Thursday what the difference you, is between you guys and the other guys. Ooh, let me, can I do my, well, actually real quick. Wait, no, we already did that. So that's that lady. Uh, she's basically just too Catholic is what our problem with her is. And then there's Lagoda, which is a Latino woman who's like second in the running and the reason why she's interesting is just because she's Latino and the Republicans want to be like, you just don't like her because she's Latino and you're anti-Latino or some weird shit. But I remember hearing about her and basically Florida's beach workers wanted to raise the minimum wage and they did so through a ballot initiative. So the voters voted on this ballot in- initiative to raise the minimum wage. So that was appealed, and then it went to Miss Connie Barrett, and they basically struck that down. So the voters decided something democratically, and then they fucking took that away from them. Wait, can I can I can I say something? Yeah, go ahead. So I don't know if every state has a court of special appeals or not. Okay. I'm, I just because I tried to look up the difference. Only and, the special ones, right? Like, because there's there's because a lot of stuff is just U.S. Court of Appeals, but then all the special appeal stuff is just coming up with Maryland. So maybe we're different. I'm just going to read two paragraphs from this Wikipedia article. I'm very sorry. Um, the the Maryland Court of Special Appeals is the intermediate appellate court for the United for the U.S. State of Maryland. The Court of Special Appeals was created in 1966 in response to the rapidly growing caseload of the Maryland Court of Appeals. Like the state's highest court, the tribunal meets in the Robert C. Murphy Courts of Appeals building in the state capital, Annapolis. And I'm there every fucking day. The Maryland Court of Appeals, or excuse me, the Maryland Court of Special Appeals originally could hear only criminal cases. However, its jurisdiction has expanded so that it now considers any reviewable reviewable judgment, decree, order, or other action of the circuit or orphans courts unless otherwise provided by law. Judges sitting on the Court of Special Appeals generally hear and decide cases in panels of three. In some instances, however, all 15 judges may listen to a case known as an en blanc hearing. So, oh, interesting. I guess it's just because we had so much shit going through our appeals that they had to break that shit up. Yeah, that's weird that they just can't put, like, Court of Appeals 2 or Part 2. Yeah, right. The sequel or something. Um, really quick before we move on to Zabiba and the, and the King. I just want to go over, uh, Ted Cruz was asked uh, by Fox News about the whole, the hypocrisy of the Republicans about what they're doing now and referring back to Merrick Garland in 2016. And this motherfucker's absurd comments. He goes, 
Republicans' 2020 position is not a contradiction from 2016 because the Senate and the presidency are the same party this time around, where in 2016, the Senate and presidency were different parties. So he was basically saying because they were different parties, that that's why it's not a country. They're just. Yeah, he's a fucking asshole. Yeah. Well, isn't that what fucking Mitt Romney said when he defended his like opinion that they should be able to vote was that the reason why it like wasn't cool when it was Obama was because the Democrats weren't in control of the Senate, but now that the Senate holds the majority, excuse me, now the Republicans hold the majority in the Senate, and, like, the right. president's also a Republican, that means, like, it's they're good to go. Yeah. Because there's no discrepancy bullshit. or something. Like, And obviously, I'm very disappointed in Mitt Romney. I really why? thought he would come why, 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 why? Dude, he's not, like, a cool dude. He's not, like, some weird savior. It, it really, yeah, I'm, no. I'm not going to get... But he, he seemed to be coming around. He seemed to be at least hating on Trump as much as any fucking libtard well, would be. because he's, so, he wants to... He he has his whole thing of being, like, the moral... Repu- like, he wants to be the vanguard of, like, the moral Republicans, but he's still, exactly, like... Exactly, and this is not the way to do it. But he's I mean, still a fucking shit-sucking Republican. Yeah, but the the only moral ones right now, justifiably... Are dead ones, be, because they're fucking no, quiet Le- now. Lisa Murkowski, and, <laughs> Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins, and I would think that Mitt Romney would join them. Uh, Again, surprised. idealist. I like if you want to like you know be really idealistic about it. Yeah, he would. He would be the good guy Republican. Excuse me, the the good guy Republican. But again, he even went around and say, was saying Black Lives Matter. Yeah, and that's a lot for a Republican to do. Well, also okay? like for a Mormon, unless you're fucking Kimberly um, Classic. Well, she doesn't support Black Lives Matter. She says in her little commercial, "Do you believe Black Lives Matter? Well, I do, yeah. and that's what you know." Yeah, but that's the so, whole yeah, thing where it's a difference it. between like I'm the movement and the organization, whatever. Fuck, fuck yeah. Kimberly Classic. That's a. It's all that's, obviously, dude. I'm just saying she says it, and Mitt Romney said it. Obviously, he doesn't think that too. But I'm just saying. I think you're giving him a lot more credit than he deserves. He's not like this super sick, cool dude. Like he's still no, like a I, I gave rich, him credit, shitty and now I'm Mormon for Republican. The, I. I I gave him credit, and now it's past due, and I need that money back. Yeah, his fucking Mormon egg has been laid on your face. He's flipping you off in Mormon, whatever they do. I guess that's just like, I don't know, send you a check that's less than the check they sent last year for your birthday and hope you won't notice. Like, I don't know how Mormons, like, burn each other. Yeah. uh, He's not going to pray for you anymore, Jordan. (laughs) Um, Are you ready? Oh, God. Yeah, I'm ready. As ready as you'll ever be. All right. What's the? How do we do this? In the beginning. All right. Yeah. I'll. 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 I'll do it. So this is part two of the Bolcheviks book club, um, where we are covering Zabiba and the King. All right. So it's been a. Let me mind you. Like I thought we were doing this last week. So I read it about a week and a half ago. And I haven't touched it since then. So we'll see how this goes. Um, Zabiba and the King, where we left off. Where did we leave off of? Do you remember? So we are now covering pages 50 to 100. Mm-hmm. Previously, we had done, you know, the beginning to page uh, 50. And it just so happened that like a chapter or a section or whatever ended on page 50. So it kind of worked out well. Basically, we left off with the King and Zabiba 
like admitting that they loved each other essentially okay. is like where we left off. They're like hanging out in the palace and they are like professing their love for each other and their desires to like be equals in each other's eyes or something. Right. It's really upsetting because there's, there's, there's no, there's no titties. There's no dicks. Yeah. They don't no, fuck. They don't fuck. And they, really upsetting. it is so melodramatic and shit, but there's no, there's no mention of pussy in this book, and I'm really pissed. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's see what I wrote down here, because it's, like I said, it's been a fucking week and a half. So what happens, so when, when we come back to our story in page 50, moving forward, um, so also the timeline, oh, the timeline okay. in this story is still really fucking weird to me, because I can never tell if... If, if if all of this is happening in one day in one conversation like oh yeah it jumps yeah. around where like she's leaving and coming back but then they're like picking up the same conversation like a sentence later so it's the timelines are very really confusing weird. but we we start um, off the second uh book club day with zabiba talking to the king but zabiba is in a weird mood Oh, yeah, the insecurities. They're insecure about each other's love. Yeah, and so they have this whole fucking long-ass conversation about, like, what it means to love each other and, like, how a man loves is different than how, like, a woman loves mm-hmm. and, and like, communication and shit. Again, you have to remember, she is, like, a dirt peasant commoner and he's the king and they're just having these weird conversations, like while saying they love each other and looking into each other's eyes in his palace, but, like, they aren't fucking... It's just, like, very... It's just a very weird set of circumstances that surrounds all these, like, super deep conversations when effectively his, like, mistress is coming over. They they touch each other. Like, they, they give each other back scratches. Yeah, and they, like, touch each other's hands. And then there's the whole thing where, like, she kisses his forehead and it's a whole thing. But, like, yeah, so it turns out she's in a weird fucking mood. They go back and forth for way too long... But it turns Ooh, out, yeah, and then we find out that she was raped by her husband. Right. Now, within that, so this is, I guess, going to be a big plot point of this story. But it's this thing where she is debating like her duty as a wife versus her desires as a person. Right. So she's effectively saying, like, I have a husband and part of my duty to my husband is to fuck this dude but I don't really want to fuck him anymore and he wants to fuck and I don't know how to tell him no but when we fuck he uses me as at the common theme he uses me as an object and not as a person so it goes right. back to this whole thing of like her not feeling like a person and again to refresh your memory uh, the king is supposed to be Saddam Zabiba is supposed to be the Iraqi people and the husband is supposed to be America Mm-hmm. Or just the West in general. Yeah, just to put it like back in like this, it's like allegorical, you know. Yeah, at least that's what we think. I don't think he ever said that. I think that's just the CIA's uh, interpretation and analysis of it. So I, 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 um, I have something to say about that when when we get to the end of the section. Okay, uh, this comes later, but should we, because you mentioned the the rape of her by her husband, should we talk about their discussion? Uh, she kind of she kind of has some very interesting progressive ideas that she brings up about rape and but but Saddam's writing this story that were allegedly kind of interesting. or he's at least has allegedly. a part of it right um but i guess we can wait until that comes up but basically they 
they have a discussion of choice and sex and rape. She basically asks the king if... Uh, shut up. Hey, shut up. Jesus Christ! Okay. Holy shit. I'm so sorry, guys. My Siri decided to fucking have a fucking heart attack. Yeah, you got her all worked up talking about rape. <laughs> um, discussion of choice and sex and rape. Is a concubine free to decline sex with the king? She asks. And then there's this whole thing about, you know... Uh, he's like, yeah. He just like kind of yeah. It's this with whole it. thing where he says that like that people that he gives people the right to choose what they want to do around him, and then she is like, yeah, you say that, but you have no understanding of social dynamics because no one can tell the king no. And so right. this section of the book was very heavy-handed with this whole the whole general theme Power of dynamics. yes, exactly. This whole portion of the book is just focusing on perception of power dynamics between commoners and people in power so whatever the fuck mundane thing they're talking about it always goes back to this thing where like she is trying to explain to the king how power dynamics work and how he needs to be like a man of the people it always comes back this section always came back to like him uh, being more relatable to the people and he will never get that until he understands that he has a higher station than them right and she says things to him throughout this thing being basically being like you should go hang out with people more yeah and he's like uh i'm awkward i, I can't yeah he also tells yeah. her that she had like she needs to watch her tongue a couple times which was very surprising because he'll be like yo you can say whatever you want around me i love you girl and she'll be like, cool, you don't understand how the real world works because you live in a fucking castle. He's like, yo, you better watch your fucking mouth. And she's like, well, you know, like, you, uh, I don't mean any disrespect. I'm just saying. Yeah. But so, yeah, so we they have this really long discussion about government reform. And then we get to a point where the king um, is told by Zabiba that he is, quote, a good king because he relates to the people more than any other ruler that she's ever heard of. Even though we spent the last like 15 pages being told about how this dude doesn't get it, apparently he gets it enough to be like the dopest king around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, apparently the king is not uh, Muslim yet. Yeah, but that's he, another like, thing says, too. There, yeah. Yeah, but he starts to say Muslim things. He starts. Uh, he starts to bring up Zabiba. Allah because Zabiba does like all the fucking time, and she gets like real wet when he finally like says like something good about Allah because he talks about quote his gods pretty right. consistently, but then she talks about her single god, and that comes up later. Yeah. But now we get to the action. Oh, wait, hold on. Yes. So, well, first I want to say that you were saying that he, he tells her to watch her tongue. And it's also, she basically says to him, I know that spies are following me everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, um, and she's also being like, uh, she's presenting that she's the only one that the king can trust. Uh-huh. Because she has nothing to gain in his death. Because oh, well, I guess yeah. Go ahead. So yeah, so they so. have this whole weird conversation about that shit, and like the spy thing comes up, and this these reviews sound very disjointed because this book is written pretty faithfully to how we're describing it. It jumps around all over the place. 
Yeah, we're actually doing a very good job. Yeah, it's it's very hard to follow this this book. So they're talking about government reform and all this bullshit, and then basically she says, "I'm the only one who has your back because I have nothing to gain from your death." Right? Paraphrasing. Right. As soon as this happens, some dude jumps out from behind a curtain with a sword and tries to kill the king, but the king can't see it because it like comes from his back, so his Abiba's facing this dude. So right. she jumps in front of a dude with a sword. Somehow the king kills him with one punch. No, so she actually gets hit. Yeah, she gets she get, well she gets sta- she gets cut. But then it said that like with one mighty blow the king like killed the assassin or something. Do you think you could hold it down for a second? Yeah, sure. I'm like about to explode. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I'll be quick. You're fine. Um, so yeah, like so- somehow I guess like the-, the king who was supposed to be Saddam again, like Falcon punches through this fucking assassin or whatever, and he fucking dies. And then that section ends, and we get to this new section, and it's all about like the fucking trickery and like the bullshit that's going on in this kingdom and now this part moving forward and i'm going to repeat this when when little j man gets back but this was one of the sections that i think was like a direct geopolitical like commentary or allegory like there's other parts in this story where it, it really does read like someone's really bad like romance novel and like that's cool you know like whatever everyone has those like shit uh like hobbies or whatever where like they're embarrassed because they've written like fanfic or whatever like that's cool like i support the shit out of that and like i don't care if you're a fucking you know a toll booth worker or the fucking leader of iraq like if you want to write your fucking little romance novel fucking do it that's cool so i do think that there are parts of this that straight up is just like homeboy writing a bad love story but I also think that some of this really is like geopolitical commentary. And we're about to get into that section. Like this was something that I noticed while reading through this because after the king gets attacked, basically, right? And Zabiba gets cut. And so after that, his demeanor completely changes as to his relationship, not only with Zabiba, but like this, the people as they're repeatedly referred to as. Um, as well as like the general people in his court, right? So I'm I don't know if we really talked about it before, but the book sort of assumes that you understand like Middle Eastern um, like hierarchy in terms of like the ruling class, especially for back in the day. So there's the king, there's emirs, which I think are like princes or something, but then there's also like all of the male family members of the king are around in these various palaces and they all have like you know like uh, segmented like claims to the throne and then there are also um there is the wife i think there's only one wife and then there's like concubines and all these other people who were just sort of like in the general periphery of the king and they've always been around right and um up until now they've just sort of been like in the background they're like talked about a little bit just to sort of like talk about the difference between um the like the commoners um and this like in the king like in the roiling class and the ruling class being like you know like normal people don't have like a wife and three concubines and like a cook and all these servants like we gotta do shit for real like with our hands 
And, like, that's a big thing that Zabiba brings up. Um, during this general section is just the fact that, like, yo, you've never had to fucking plant your own food. You've never Holy had to, like, you know, you, you, you've never cooked your own food and shit. So, like I was saying, after the king gets cut, his views uh, towards his station completely change, right? Mm -hmm. So, he starts to sort of, like, question his relationship with his concubines and his wife and his servants and everyone. And he becomes aware that these people don't like him and he is just like a thing he's like a figurehead and a lot of well, the people have something well, to gain Zabib from his demise it's actually more zabiba's putting this in his oh, head she 100 plants it in his cause, head because even after this happens he's still kind of like that's ah, okay like eh, it's all right you know he he's kind of like he's kind of nonchalant about it yeah so he's like whatever yeah, but he still, he even says, like, in the last thing it says before it changes those sections with him being cut was, like, in that day forward, he thought differently about whatever. Right. But so, after he gets fucking attacked and he becomes, like, super weary about what's going on, like, he starts to become suspicious, Zabiba just lays into him for pages and pages and pages about how, like, everyone is out to get him. She just becomes so goddamn paranoid. It is... It's a yeah. very crazy about face in her general character. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah, it's like a uh, it's a weird character development flaw, I would say, um, is that the fact that her character just changes. So yeah, so she goes from being like sort of like this like intellectual, like pseudo philosophical, like paramour. To, being like super revenge filled. Yeah, to now being like the ear and like the the you know like the whispering voice in the king's ear that's like everyone's out to get you, dog. And so like you know so she brings up the fact that the queen was in the room when the assassin came, and so they. Whoa 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 whoa! No 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 no. Yeah she was. She. No 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 no. She. It's not the queen. It's just some like servant. No, 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 you're thinking of the next thing. Oh, yeah. Because they talk about in the, the, in the, when the guy with the, with the sword comes, to the best of my understanding, the whole, like, the queen was around when this happened. And so then that's when they become suspicious of the queen trying to knock him off. And but then... why it was so confusing is because later on, they don't say that right then and there. Yeah. They bring it up later when they're talking about how she needs to be put into like her own room but not into jail and they need to get rid of all of her servants because they need to like right. strip her power without her knowing. It's like this whole fucking stupid thing. And then these um like so so they do that, right? And then through that discussion of the queen wanting to have him dead, they go on this like really long rant about feminism, like this really pro-feminist, like pro-woman discussion about like how women have agency and have their own wants and needs. Like yeah. it's just very strange how that just gets like shoehorned in there because basically- Well, it's interesting because Iraq at the time was one of the most progressive uh, Arab countries when it comes to women's rights. Oh, 100%, but it's just, it's it's, so it's interesting. surprising. I thought that it was pretty weird how it was put in there because essentially Zabiba's like, yo, the queen had something to do with that dude with the fucking sword. And the king's like, nah, man, fuck that. She's my wife. Like, why would some woman care about what happens to the king? Like, she can't fucking rule this shit. And then Zabiba's like, do you not think that women have fucking wants and desires, you idiot? Like, they, women have goals too, dog. He's like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Right. 
you know? And then from there, yeah, right? And then, <laughs> like, from there, like, they just go back to the same thing again where she just loops back around to how, like, the king needs to, like, be one of the people. They have this whole fucking thing about how, like, I like you for who you are, not because you wear a crown. And if you wear the crown, you should, like, represent the people instead of ruling them. And the best rulers, like, understand the people. There's, like, metaphors about a mountaintop and how you can't have a mountain peak without a strong base at the bottom. And the base are the people. And again, this is while they're in the palace. She had just been cut in her chest with a sword. Like, an assassination attempt has been thwarted. And now they're, like, talking about, like, full government reform. I love that, like, like she gets stabbed, right? And then way later, there's just, like, one paragraph where it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, she's healed. <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. So that's the thing that I don't understand because, like, they will have these, like, seven-paragraph discussions about government reforms, and then the next sentence will be, like, Zabiba walked into the castle, and it's like, I didn't know she fucking left. Are we? But then they, like, <laughs> but then they pick up the same conversation. Like, the same fucking, like, it continues, like, it's so fucking crazy. So they he, they keep on talking forever about how the peasants know what's best and how like the peasants are the real people and the royalties detached from everything and you know the whole thing I was saying where like you know like the king's never made his own food he's never like blah 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 like you don't really get what it means to be alive they throw in a lot of like the god stuff again where she talks about how like her god is everywhere at all times and like her life is an expression of god um, and he sort of isn't really fully on board with that shit yet, but then they, um, they start talking about like the lines of succession within their system. And she goes back to talking about how like these people want you dead because they want your power. And she proposes that they reform the government so that there's no longer blood secession or succession. And it's like people are voted in based off their merit. And then he's like, how the fuck would that work? Like, how the fuck do you think a fucking blacksmith could run the country? And she's like, I don't know, fucking dude. Like, teach them the same way you teach your fucking sons and nephews. Why don't you just teach people who are fucking smart and not just assholes who, like, have the same last name as you, dude? He's like, oh, never thought about that shit, dog. Like, it's... Again, she's, like, maybe still wrapped up from being cut (laughs) at this point. Like, it's just... It's just so strange. But very strange. But we leave that scene and we get to another scene where these fucking got the winking thing, right? So the the two servants come in with tea and so they're at they're like, "Yo, what's up, dog?" like "King dog, like do you want to drink this tea?" And she starts like winking at the king all the time, but he doesn't get it because there's this whole caveat about how people don't ever wink at the king because He's allowed to say whatever he wants, so he doesn't need to, like, send secret messages. And also, he doesn't need to wink to flirt at people, because if he wants to fuck you, he's just, like, allowed to fuck you. So he, like, doesn't understand what winking means. But she's, like, winking at him the whole time to get his attention to, like, not drink this fucking tea. And so, like, the servants are being all weird, and then they fucking leave the room. And did you catch this part where they, like, just poisoned someone else to see if the tea was poisoned? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, wasn't it a relative too? Yeah. It was just. Some, it like yeah. A, it was just like one of like some other dude like walking like in the hallway or some mom. shit. Yeah. She. She's like, yo, I don't trust these motherfuckers. They're trying to kill you with this tea. And he's like, nah, man, my servants wouldn't do that shit. And she's like, word, okay, go get somebody to drink this fucking tea then. 
And then the person gets yeah. poisoned, and he's like, oh shit, dude, you were fucking right. <laughs> and she's like, everyone's out to get you except for me, because I love you, and I want to rule together right. with you in the glory of Allah. Like, and... It's so funny that they, they keep saying this, but she's obviously... She can't because they're her husband, so why did she even try to fucking pretend? Yeah, and then, like, she brings back up her husband again and is like, I don't fucking like this dude, but I, like, I dedicated myself to him. And then the king straight up is like, yo, I can just fucking take care of this if you want. And she's like, nah, dude, you can't, like, bend the rules for yourself because then the rules don't fucking mean anything. Like, he's my fucking husband. Like, and again, they're not fucking... Like, I think that they might be kissing. Like, they're definitely kissing each other, like, on the head and on the hands and stuff. Yeah. But, like, they aren't, like, doing anything. But, like, everyone knows they're in love. And so now, like, Zabiba's convinced that, like, everyone's trying to kill both of them with that poison tea and not just him. And now, like, all of a sudden, they're, like... They, they basically are like, oh, my God. Do you think people realize that we're trying to reform the government? And it's like, how the fuck did you, when did you decide this? Like, as far as I know, you guys have hung out twice since you've been stabbed. And now you guys are like some fucking revolutionary, like, political cell. Like, I don't understand how we went from, like, you guys holding hands to you getting stabbed to now, like, you're both, like, Che Guevara, like, but you're also the king. Like, I don't understand how we got here right now. Right. And then, so from there, it pretty much just, like, ends with um the whole god thing that you sort of brought up earlier yeah um he's basically just trying to impress her with the god thing yeah and so you know she's like yo i worship allah and he's like he's everybody's god and like he rocks and he's everywhere and then the king's like well you know my god is like a series of idols and if you have more money then you have more favor with the gods and like you can only worship them in these very specific ways or in these specific circumstances. And she basically is like, oh, so you give material things to your God, but you don't get anything back. Like, you're being played like a fucking idiot. And she basically, like, converts him to fucking Islam or, like, is yeah. trying to, like, convert him or radicalize, whatever you want to fucking call it. Like, she's basically like, oh, you're, you and all your rich people are being p- played for fucking fools by these, like, materialistic, like, false gods while mine, like... It just is like it's tight yeah and then i think i think the last Very thing boring on, it was really boring the, the only thing that was exciting was the stabbing i was like whoa she's got she got stabbed i i don't know i think the best part was the one punch kill that he did to that assassin yeah that is crazy and then does it say that he died though i don't remember i think it said that he died i don't know i like to imagine that he just like punked like roadhouse like ripped his fucking throat mm-hmm. out but then yeah. it, the section ends with them talking about um, foreign powers coming in and, like, dictating policy and how, like, basically if you're a king but you work with foreign powers or work on the behalf of a foreign power, you're not a king and you're actually a fucking little bitch. And, right. you know, she's like, if you want to actually be a king that people fucking rock with at all... You cannot be under the thumb of, like, a foreign power because fuck them. They don't care about us because they're not us. And, yeah. like... And this is this is definitely why, like, the CIA uh, probably thinks of all these, uh, you know, these, alleg- these uh, metaphors and stuff. But that's what I was saying they, while you were, like, rocking your, like, comet piss was, like, I think that... Oh, it wasn't piss. Was that a poop? 
Did you yeah, just like? Did you just like scream it? That was the quickest shit I've ever been part and parcel to. Oh, I still have to go, but oh, I you just, just sucked gotta, it in. How can you go half yeah. and half? Oh, uh, I feel like I was taking too long, so I just like, you know, I'm suffering right now, but it's okay. Jesus, okay, well we'll end it. But like, so uh, this was a thing, and I talked about it while you were taking the, while you screaming that shit out, like. Uh, I think that it's it's interesting to look at the story as like a, an allegory for like what's happening geopolitically. Um, not to repeat myself too much and really bore the listener, but like I think that some of this really is like his shitty like romance stuff. I think that some of this really is his like shitty romance novel, and I think that other parts of it is strict political like allegory and commentary. But I don't think that they're one and the same. Like I don't think that Venn diagram is very big in the middle. Like, I definitely think it's him, like, wanting to write something sexy, but then also, like, putting political stuff in there, too. And they never really meet. Like, there's never really any good intertwining between the political stuff and then the romance stuff. It's either one or the other. It's either them talking about how much they love each other, or it's her talking about how the government needs to be reformed to more adequately represent the citizenry's, like, needs. And that's the thing is like this. That's why this book kind of sucks real bad is because those two things don't really go together. No, especially if you're not going to find a link between them. But there's no. Yeah, you can't just like you just can't. It's like the uh, the Republic of Plato. If you had like if, you know, if there was like a a romance on the side that kind of switched to every once in a while, that's not a good uh, it would be yeah. like it would be like the Odyssey if like Homeboy just had like a girl with him that like every thirteen pages he just like talked for three hours about like how much he loved her. Right. Yes. Like that's li- that's Thank literally what it me. is. But like, it's also <laughs> interesting because within this whole like it's a metaphor, it's an allegory. It really isn't because it's never like her husband is coming and doing things and posing these like philosophical questions for them. It is them laying bare their entire philosophical fucking treaty. Like if the husband is the West, then, you know, the West is, I mean, he doesn't really do anything. No, they even said in the thing, like he's been a lot nicer to her now that she's fucking with the King. And that makes him even more horny for her. Like it's so fucking weird. Like it's, it's odd, yeah. I really don't think that it is like an allegory for political anything. I think that it straight up is just like them shoehorning like these weird political tropes into a shitty romance story. Like there is no like clever writing, With sleight no of hand. Sex. There is also Jeez. no sex. There is nothing. There's God damn. There really isn't. The only mention of sex is when she is taken without uh, her desire by her husband. Yeah, and even then they that. just gloss over that shit and the king's like, well, I mean, you're his fucking wife. And she's like, nah, dude, I know I'm his fucking wife. Yeah. But that's it. That's, that is uh, part two of Bolchevik's book club for uh, Zabiba and the King by the late, great uh, Saddam Hussein. guys um so i guess that's it for today's episode uh damn it you know what we didn't talk about again how i fucked up my tooth and i have to go to the dentist tomorrow oh god how'd you do that i was literally flossing my teeth and then like a chunk of the back of my tooth just like popped off Ooh.
I hope that doesn't happen to me. Shit. Yeah. So I get a day off work about it, though, which is cool. Nice. Even though I still have to fucking do deliveries. I basically just get like a half day. Right. Nice. Um, yeah, so that's our episode. Wait, what didn't we talk about? We'll talk about it next episode. Well, next episode's a special episode. Oh. It's our Hysteric- 50th episode, dude. Oh, shit. I haven't really... God damn it. We're gonna do, done that thing. We're going to do that thing for 100. There's no, there's no time. We've all been too busy. Andrew's been super fucking busy with his real jobs. Okay. Yeah. No. We'll 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 do that yeah, when we have more time. Yeah. Fifty sort of like this, like you know, when you're when you're with someone for six months, you don't really celebrate on six months. You celebrate that year, baby. We might be able to. I might be able to cook up something cool for number fifty, but if not, we're gonna wait for one hundred. But yeah, no, it's gonna be our fiftieth episode. So. Hell yeah, and I think that's a good idea because uh, you know, a lot of our episodes sounded like shit until like what four or five episodes ago. So. <laughs> yeah, until like episode forty-two. Yeah. Um that's our episode guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um you if you really want to do us a solid, uh you can go to whatever app you use to listen to us and give us a good rating and then, you know, comment on our shit. Tell 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 them we're good or something. Uh and uh that really helps us uh to get circulated. Jesus Christ, uh, that was difficult. Wait, Everything's sorry, Jordan. I'm uh, sorry. Did you did you shit so hard that you left your pants in the bathroom? You were wearing pants when you left the room, and you are not wearing <laughs> pants anymore. Oh, I'm wearing shorts. You were not. You were wearing fucking sweatpants when you left to take that poop. No, I was not. I was wearing these. Anyway, uh, it's like that's gonna be a conspiracy theory now. Um. And yeah, you can find us at uh, on Twitter at Bolsheviks, and you can find us on Instagram at Bolsheviks. And if you can go to our website www.bolsheviks.com to find links to our personal socials. And we also have a Patreon for five dollars a month. You can get an extra episode a week that makes three total episodes a week. And yeah, and we have the Discord on the Patreon as well. And we have the Discord that you can talk with us and tell us what you want from us uh, and this book club thing that we just did that you just heard that's something that is that the patreons choose so the next round who knows what it'll be but you'll choose it you'll be able to, to help you know it's a democracy in there so yeah um okay <laughs> you want to say anything <laughs> no i don't that was all right bye bye everyone <laughs>